Krakoa Radio presents. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by the dancing and dashing and daring. Cody. Ro- oh, sorry. This is Josh. Everybody. Josh this is Josh. dashing Cody. Ro- uh, this is Josh. Everybody. How's everybody doing? <laughs> um, so today we'll be covering X-Men number nine. That's right. X lives of Wolverine number two. X lives of Wolverine number three. Check. X deaths of Wolverine. Definitely not just the Moira comic number three or two. <laughs> And Marauders Annual Number One. That's all checks out. That all checks out. But before we get to all that, what's up? Man? For the last three days, three I've days. seen one thing trending for X Men: Immortal X Men. I know. I haven't read it yet. I got it. Yeah, I'm gonna pick it up probably tomorrow. So I'm, I'm excited stoked. to read it. <laughs> I'm stoked. I've seen nothing but good shit about it. Kieran, yeah. uh, Kieran Gillen's back. Lo- loving that. Oh, is he, is he the writer? He's the writer. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck! I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No wonder. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm just super. All I've all I've seen so far, I've seen no spoilers other than he is clearly so happy to be writing Sinister again. Oh yes, right there. Yes, yep. it's old. Um, yeah, it's kind of like the beginning of this new era of X Men where we have like, is this soon, the destiny of X now? Possibly, I think so. I know we have X Red X Men Red coming out in a few months. Like I think in two I think months. that's coming. Out, no, I think that's I think that's next week, bub. Might be. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check. Have you kept up on the Sabretooth books? Nope. Uh, I have number two sitting on my shelf. I haven't read it yet, though. Yeah, actually, I saw a copy of it. Like, oh, yeah, Sabretooth. We should definitely uh, actually talk about that. X-Men Red and Marauders number one. The Marauders number one. It's re- restarting that. Comes out next week on the 6th. Oh, all right. Cool. So then this week was Immortal X-Men. And this week was Immortal X-Men. Yeah. All right, so we are in the destiny of X then. We're in the destiny of X, my friend. But before we say hi to that, we let's gotta, talk we, about... We got to close out this. What are we... What is... Which is this one then? Are we still... What era, era is X. this? Era, was it this the era of X? Is I think Dawn of, of X? X and I think era of X. Okay. All right. I don't know. Like this is, no, I know knows? we're going into the third chapter, so... Yeah. I don't know. Did we talk about? Did we talk about on the last uh, episode about they're doing another Hellfire Gala special? Yeah, a one shot. Did we actually talk about that though? I believe we did. All right, and cut this all out then. Uh, I'm gonna leave this in, (laughs) and then somebody can tell us if we didn't talk about it. And now we have. You happy? We talked about it right now. Pieces of shit. Jesus Christ, man! Uh (laughs) These are our listeners. These are our friends. You take that. You know, let's not get crazy. You take that back. You you tell them you're sorry. I'm I'm a little I'm half sorry. All right, All right. that's I'll take it. The half is called Josh. So um, also I have some too. some possible interesting news. I'm listening. Um, this might I'm be intrigued. a slight spoiler for Secret Invasion. Okay. The, the, the TV show. Disney or? Plus, yeah, Disney okay. Plus show. Because we might know who Amelia Clark is playing, but this is a character who could be a mutant or could just be that character. Oh fuck! Allegedly, is it Moira? No, apparently Amelia Clark is playing Abigail Brand. Oh, I think I had seen some kind of rumor about that before. Yes. Yeah. Which makes sense in context of Secret Invasion, mm-hmm. for sure. 
Mm-hmm. But like there was a time like I didn't know if she was a mutant for a long time and they can play it out the same way. Yeah, that's interesting. So, that is another character that could be uh, happening. Also, last night I watched Moon Knight and it's fucking awesome. Is it good? I'm going to try to watch it this weekend. I'm going to try to squeeze that in. Some, this is a jam-packed weekend, man. So much wrestling is coming up this weekend. Yes. I have like outside plans this weekend too. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do everything this week. It's too much. So in the comic world, we have uh, X-Men number nine. And yeah. this issue feels like it kind of has like this calm before the storm feeling. Oh my God, does it? So X-Men nine starts very much like a fucking storm is brewing. Are you happy with that one? Yeah. And so we, we open with the leaders of each of the various parties that, uh, that have something at stake here. So we have the quiet council in Krakoa. We have that douchebag who took over Mars's moon. And then we have um, Ika, I believe, the Unbeaten, and, and Arako. The Unbeaten, that's what I was trying to remember. Yes. Right. Yeah, the Unbeaten. So Xavier is basically saying to the Quiet Council, I got some bad news. Orcus knows about our resurrection protocols. They're going to try to use that to drive a wedge between us and the humans, despite the fact that there's already a wedge between us and the humans, but whatever. Yeah. Um, sh- uh, Kate is like, yeah, that's bad news, man. We don't need to like just be starting a war out of nothing. Like what you're it sounds like you want us to just have a secret war against them. Like, like some kind of like, uh, like, I don't know, like we're like some kind of militia group going into some South American country and, and oh, okay. And so, um, and so basically that's what Shaw says. Yeah, I don't give a fuck what the humans think. Let's do it. I did like and, that. Yeah. That's very Sebastian Shaw. <laughs> and then, and then like, Colossus of all people is like you know what maybe we should let the CIA handle this maybe we should give this to X-Force Night Nightwing that's so that's how my brain's at uh, Nightcrawler <laughs> is like I will not vote for anything that kills a person and then Magneto deliv- delivers one of the weirdest lines in this book out of nowhere he pauses and says I eat my I eat my meat raw as a reminder of the great cost of my survival. Like, all right, dude, fucking calm down. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very, like, I'm ready for war. Like, 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 all right, dude. (laughs) First of all, like, I know you can be brought back from the dead, but there's no reason to give yourself fucking food poison. What are you doing? (laughs) Fucking cook your meat. This is, this is here at the Dawn of X podcast. We encourage everyone who eats meat to thoroughly cook their meat. You buy a food temperature thermometer, you cook it to the right temperature and then you enjoy it. You know, like don't fucking be a magnet. Magneto was right about everything, but how to eat meat. <laughs> <laughs> and so we go to the moon of Mars where we find Orcus and uh, Dr. Stasis is uh, basically like, yes, yes, I have this grand plan. It's all going according to plan. Little hiccup though. <laughs> uh, I, I did. I did want there to be a bit of an uproar of these resurrections, but the the mutants somehow got around that one. Uh, Abigail Brand is in the background rolling her eyes. Well, the secret still isn't out. Exactly. That's what he's saying. He wants, because remember, he's the one who gave it to Ben Urich. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, like, they were like, oh, man, why isn't this blowing up yet? You said this was going to blow up. (laughs) And Stace is like, fuck you. I got this figured out. So he's like, there's this 
character named Modok. Maybe he's a doctor. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But we're going to go. I want to go rescue this guy. He's done some really cool shit with science. And I want to go check it out. You know, I'm I'm happy that issue actually did matter. I thought it was going to be like a random one off. For real. Right. And it truly does. And so he's like, and uh, he's like a killing machine. And Nimrod comes out of the shadows. I'm very interested in this killing machine. (laughs) And so Dr. Stace is like, well, then good news, bud. You're coming with me. And so next they, uh, Dr. Stasis and Nimrod invade where uh, Modok is being kept prisoner by a bunch of Iron Men, war, machine? war machines. I don't yeah, know. a bunch of war machines. Well, I think, I, I don't remember. I don't know if they brought him back, but I think war machine is dead. So these are like all just robots. I don't know. It's weird. No, they're people. Are um, they people? Oh, look, yeah. yeah. Look where Nimrod tears one in half. I think that might be blood. Ooh, yeah. Juicy. All right. Um, so yeah, that's either blood or, or motor oil. <laughs> I don't know. We're going Iron Man 2 route when they got shot, yeah, right? just oil splattered everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And so uh they release Modoc. They're like, Hey, we want you to do your science, kill a bunch of people. It's gonna be dope. Won't take it's long. So fun. You don't even have to work full time, dude. You're gonna ch- you this is gonna be a great job for you. And so that's how the book opens. So then we cut to Araco, where Storm is at the Great Ring, basically saying, uh, are we going to fight for this planet or what? They're all divided on the Great Ring. They're basically like, we don't really give a shit what, what's going on with the mutants or the humans, frankly. We just want to do our own thing. And while this is happening, though, Storm is having like this almost not telepathic but more like just vibe conversation with um not red root what's their plant what's their one called because red root is the one that's that's captured yeah yeah but anyway i guess araco right yeah araco um (laughs) storm's having a conversation with araco and so when everyone's done voting storm's like yeah yeah all well and done so Araco has told me that we should probably go save Red Root in Otherworld. And uh, if anyone wants to do that, I would vote for that. And uh, our boy, uh, oh shit, I forget his name now. <coughs> the the sinister of, of their world. Yeah. Oh fuck, what's his name? I'm not moving on until I find it. <laughs> Where, where's the list of characters in the beginning of this book? He's got the beginning. Where is it? I keep like missing that page. I might this one actually. Oh yeah, the, um, Tarn. Tarn. Fucking Tarn. I remembered it Same right time. before I turned. I right before I got to the page, it came to me. What a waste of fucking time. Anyway, so so Tarn is like, you know what? Any uh, any of our Iraqi who get captured is not really one of us anymore. I don't know what I think that's how it's pronounced. Iraqi Owens? No, because he says right here, if an Iraqi cannot escape captivity, they are no longer of Iraqo. And then right when he he says that, uh, Iraqo smacks him with a fucking giant branch and he starts bleeding out on the table, which I thought was pretty funny. So then we cut to the very reason why I should be covering this book from, from from the start. Then we cut to Rogue and Gambit. I did think of you immediately. This is truly 
the grin on my face through this entire scene when I, because I've read this book twice now, because I read it when it came out and then I reread it for, for right before the pod. So um, Gambit and Rogue come stumbling into Orbitus. And they're like, oh, Cosmo, my boy, we were looking for you in, uh, in nowhere. We didn't know you, you were over here. Who's this monkey friend of yours? And the monkey's like, Rogue is beautiful. Rogue, you can stay. That drunk motherfucker over there has to go, but I'll take that <laughs> bottle. <laughs> And so the monkey's getting drunk. Cosmo the dog is like, uh, Cosmo will tell you what Cosmo told the other mutant. I don't know nothing. And they're both like, other mutant? And then who's already there? But Gambit's fucking mother-in-law, Destiny. And so Destiny clearly has some lady serving her. She's just got the whole place wrapped around her finger. And uh, because Gambit and Rogue are there and it's Gambit, a fight it breaks out immediately oh because, yeah of course he has to like uh, let that frustration out a little bit because basically somebody somebody comes up to gambit and is like i like your coat give it to me and gambit's like no and so then a whole fight breaks loose <laughs> i all, blame destiny he, he feels her tension and her oh snottiness towards him <laughs> this entire shit like destiny when the fight breaks out destiny's this is always the way with the x-men no nuance no subtlety <laughs> And so she just walks over to the bar, has herself a drink, and is just having a conversation with Gambit and Rogue as they fucking fight their way through this like horde of people. And all the while, she's basically like, Gambit, I hate you. I hate that you're married to my daughter. You're a swamp. You're a swamp rat piece of shit. (laughs) And at one point, (laughs) yeah, at one point, she's like, watch out to your right. And he goes to his right to like hit somebody. But she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I meant my right. The future is so fluid. And he gets like (laughs) tackled. (laughs) And and, like at some point she says to him. um, As he's like getting his face pressed down into the bar, she says, this is this is what my powerful, independent daughter has been reduced to in my absence. The wife of a cutthroat thief, assassin and horrendous gambler. And he says, I take offense to that. I'm an expert. I'm an expert gambler. (laughs) And he he fights his way out of that. And then of course they all realize no one knows anything, which is exactly what destiny said in the beginning. Wait, do not pass over the the last conversation between Gambit and destiny. I love this page. I'm I'm more, I'm more going to, so like they finish their fight. They realize no one knows anything. Gambit says to her on their way out. Once they realize, fuck, no one has any information about this goddamn game world here. Let's head out. He says to Irene, he says to Destiny, we both love her, Irene, but the difference is my love don't come with no strings attached. And then there's a beat of, of Destiny just sitting there. And then the most, the best drawing of Destiny ever. Ever. She's just strangling the air saying, hate you. <laughs> and you heard it. Like, one I can the time hear it. I can hear the shaking hear of it. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear, because you can see the shaking in the picture too. Like we've all been there. You. Like someone in our life at work or something like mm-hmm. that. Just like, I hate you so much. <laughs> so just fucking Perfect. love it. Just, just love that mystique and destiny. Two world-renowned villains think Gambit is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> love that. So then we get a, a, a scene, we get a data page where we find out that the Quiet Council basically voted not to wage secret war on, on Orcus. Uh, Bishop turns out Bishop 
isn't thrilled about this. Bishop kind of wanted some secret war. So yeah. then he's just like, all right, well, the good news is I know who I need to work on now. <laughs> and uh, then we end with a really lovely, really lovely scene. So Storm visits Sunfire on his new on the new home he's building on Araco. And she says to him, she's like, you know, if you want to claim this as your own, you're going to have to probably fight some people off. He's like, oh, like those dead bodies over there that I've already had to fight off. She's like, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like those. He's like, yeah, I got it. They stopped coming after I killed the one with the big helmet. <laughs> I didn't and, like he's, that. and then he's she's like, so what's next for you, Shiro? He's like, I want to travel. I want to fly across the universe. I, you know, I just want to I just want to expand my horizons. And she's like, oh, that's good. Um, I was talking to Arako. He's like, oh, it's funny you should mention plants. So I planted this thing from Japan. <laughs> and look what weird shape it, it produced. <laughs> and it basically grew in the shape of red root. Yep. And so uh, Storm is like, oh, I think this is Arako's way of saying she wants our help. Do you want to go to Otherworld? Nothing could be f- further out than Otherworld. And so he's like, sure, fuck it. Let's do it. And so basically we're setting up to Storm, Sunfire, I guess Betsy Braddock at some point is going to be involved, going to do a, a recon mission at uh, in Otherworld. But yeah. we're also left with next, Enter Lady Deathstrike. Yes. So, Very interested. Uh, that's, that's intriguing. And honestly, um, this is the point where I'm like, wow, this run of X-Men is really good. It really is. This is a really good run of X-Men. I gave this one... I gave this one five X's and only one of those X's was because of Gambit and Rogue. Like it was a good yeah. story on its own. And like the balance they're giving. So like, you don't forget any member of this team. No. Last issue was about those other members. And this yeah. was about these members. Like it's we said really that good. last time too, like they are really letting a bunch of characters who don't ne- normally get the spotlight time to shine. And it's fucking yeah. great. I give four X's. Nice. So next up, we have Marauders number one. So I heard a rumor, Josh, annual that you didn't read this. Yes. Yeah, so um, funny so story. Much. I thought I bought this book, but I, I didn't. I, you know what? Let's blame Amazon. Let's say this was still when I had Comixology and they didn't okay. actually give it to me. So we'll, we'll blame Amazon. Makes sense. All right. So this is a new writer, Steve Orlando. Yeah. Dear friend of has, yours, I believe, right? Dear, dear, dear friend I met one time. We talked and hung out for a little, like a few minutes. Yeah, um, friend of, friend of yes. the show. Friend of the show. Um, he mainly wrote a lot of DC stuff. I don't know if he's Marvel exclusive now, but he did DC for a long time. He wrote Justice League of America. That was actually a very good run for that one. He wrote a lot of different stuff. So in this, I was like, okay, what, what's he going to bring to this story? So this new Marauder starts off with basically Dakin looking for another mutant and then on his mission he sees like a big pit of mutant bones and he's like well not good that's not so good. i mean to me I, I can't really tell if oh yeah he did so he jumps in the pit which i was like well if you see a pit of mutant bones you probably shouldn't jump in because then it blows up of course damn fucking a trap yeah it's a trap. suspected yeah and it like covers him i'll show you on here it like covers him in tar Oh, interesting. Okay. And when you hear a voice say like, wait, he's still alive. And they're like, yeah, good. We can use this. Hmm. So we don't know who this villain is yet. Interesting. Then we cut to Kitty and Bishop 
kind of talking about the future of the Marauders, how things have to change and how their boat has been destroyed. So they want to figure out what they should do with it you know? while they rebuild the team. Yeah. So uh, Kitty decides to go to Psylocke. And she actually references what happens in, um, in Hellions, where she's like, I did terrible things to save my daughter, and I still didn't even get my daughter. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know what? Our whole mission saving mutants that can't get to a better place. Want to team up with us? Just kind of like, like a oh. good idea to me. All right. I mean, you know me. If Kate Pride came up to me and said, "You want to go save?" I'm like, "You had me at. You just talked to me. I'm on. I'm in it. What's up?" Yeah. And then we have back at the Green Lagoon. We have uh, the one who can speed up time. Uh, tempo. 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 Yeah. yeah. She's talking to a girl about like how their dating life isn't getting any better. And then she actually speeds up the conversation to skip to the breakup. Oh shit! Classic. And the girl's like, you "Just you just skipped our breakup," and she's like, "Yeah, you know, I get it. You can leave." Damn. And Bishop's like, "Hey, if you're bored, want to join our group?" It's like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah. That's all the that's all the uh, help she needed for that. So then Kitty goes to recruit Dakin. They go to his room and they see he hasn't been there, and no one's seen him. And they start talking about him, like from from uh, Psylocke's psychic senses, and how he actually is feeling happy now. There's a picture of, of Laura and um, Honey Badger and him mm-hmm. together as a family. Oh. Like, oh, like he's happier now. And then she's like, it gets tenser over here into the window, and they're trying to figure out where he is. So then we start meeting two other mutants in this group. Uh, one is during what looks like a kind of a date night between uh, Christian and Bobby. Okay. Or they're like just dancing at a club and a mutant named Samus, possibly. It's a, I know mm-hmm. it's a new character. Okay. Uh, is watching them dance and he has, it seems, psychic powers. And I hope you read this issue because he seems to be the, um, the sexual one of the group. Okay. Every group's like, got to have a sexual one. Yeah. So uh, most definitely him and Dakin will probably get it on this group. Uh, well, then I'm definitely going to have to pick up this. You know I love some good sexy Dakin time. Definitely. So then we cut to this kind of big town and we see Dakin on like not not a uh, not a regular like head and arm trap, not like one of these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Like what do you call those? Where your arm Yeah, like at the old like the old town square like you had yeah. your head through it in your arm. Yeah, it's, I I know what you mean. I don't it's know It's like that I, but it's in the shape of an X. Oh, clever. Yeah, so I thought, okay, it's a big town of mutant-hating people, right? It's not. Here is the plot of this villain. And I'm really interested to see your reaction. This villain who looks like Satan, I'll show you what he looks like right here. Oh, that's, um, what's his name from Legend? That's Tim Curry. That's Tim Curry from Legend, Legend, yeah. Yeah. Um, Brimstone Love is his name. So this whole town is full of mutants and humans who feel betrayed by Xavier's dream because they feel him having his own island for just mutants is just mutant superiority. They still believe in the dream of Xavier's original dream and think anyone who goes to Krakoa is betraying that dream. Oh, interesting. So there are a whole town of people who are mutants and humans working together showing that it works but this guy apparently is somehow psychically messing with them 
to like enhance the feeling of resentment towards Xavier for giving up interesting. the dream. Hmm. I thought like that is actually a weird and interesting premise. Like, I, yeah, I'm it, it's got a it's got a lot of like I'm feeling a little connection to the way Republicans are trying to be like, well, Martin Luther King wanted us all to live together. <laughs> <laughs> And in this group, Dakin sees, um, I guess this is Spike because he has Spice on his body from the Morlocks. Oh, okay. It doesn't look familiar, but okay. But um, he's there and Dakin's like, why are you in this fucking group? And he's like, because of what he said, like, how come I can't bring my family to, to Krakoa? Like, well, you can. He's like, but it's about mutant superiority. It's not the right thing. Like, it's supposed to be about working together. Like, and you all basically they seem resentful like you all went to paradise and we didn't but like no one's stopping you yeah it's a little weird mm-hmm. like this concept i think works better if there was an actual peaceful separate group like then yeah. the concept works a little bit better but in the context of this guy's enhancing those feelings mm-hmm. it makes a little more sense so then for a while this dude just tortures the fuck out of Dakin. That's cool. He keeps slitting his throat and burning his face and just fucking with him. That's pretty funny. And up. then there's a great splash page of the team just swooping from the sky to save him. Damn, they all look hot as hell. Look at them. Yeah. And, you know, the regular fight scene happens. They're trying to convince everyone else that, like, hey, you're being manipulated in some way. Eventually, Dakin gets free and he is uh, very, very pissed. Clearly. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So he actually chops off one of this guy's horns, like oh, nice. into, into pieces, like uh, like so. Oh, nice! Yeah, nice, nice art in this book. And eventually, this guy kind of shows his true colors because then he just destroys the entire town without worrying about anyone's safety. Like the Marauders had to get everyone out of there. Yeah, no, that's not. No, that's not about living peacefully, I don't think. No, no, it didn't didn't come off very good. So then eventually this new team is formed. They have some ideas of what to do first, what mutants to save first around the world. But the last two pages are extremely interesting. I'm assuming this happens before the ending of the last X-Men, I believe. Like, what was the issue where, I guess it was um, Inferno, where Emma and, and Shaw leave the Hellfire Club? Yes. So I guess this is happening right before that. Okay. Because they're doing a vote right now about who else to bring in and how to handle the day-to-day work when they're busy. But at the very end, Emma gives Kitty a box Mm -hmm. saying, Mystique gave me this box. It is a billion years old or something like that. One second. That's pretty old. Two billion years old. That can't be a box. But on the box in Krakoan, on top of it, it says for Kitty Pride. Shut the fuck up. What? Yes. In a language that shouldn't have been made yet. Then Kitty opens the box and she says, that's my handwriting. And it's a picture of a map saying the first blood spilled. And I'll show you that. Whoa. Okay. Hold on now. <laughs> I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. This annual is doing something I really like. It's basically saying this is issue one, but we have a lot of story to tell, so we're gonna tell it to you like this. Okay, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna pick this up. I actually, yeah. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. I just bought it, and I'm flipping <laughs> through it right now. 
<laughs> I was still like, what are you looking at? Yeah, yeah I, bu- I bought it. I'm trying to flip through it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to read so, this. Yeah, really weird. So there's going to be some tra- time travel at some point, I'm guessing. Or something. <gasps> Is Kitty Pride going to be immortal? I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I gave this um for a first like adventure, first story. Four X's. Just because the premise is interesting, yeah. but just kind of tweak it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, but I'm it is a very it. interesting premise. I, I'm it's got a hell of a hook. I'm gonna give it four X's on that hook alone. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So next up we have X Lives of Wolverine number two. You All can right, start. Me... I'm just gonna get some water. All right, I'm gonna pull it up here. All right. So uh fucking comicsology people. Can we talk about how shitty it is now? So I got to like scroll all the way back to the front, everybody. Give me a second. All right, here we go. All right, so back into the worlds of X-Lives and X-Deaths of Wolverine. We'll, we'll visit with X-Lives 2 and 3 first. So X-2, X-Lives of Wolverine 2, opens in 1900 in Canada. A very young Logan has himself a, he's in a fighting pit. He's fighting a, a, a goddamn chained up polar bear, you know, like one does. And he's getting his ass kicked and like, we then realize that Jean Grey has now brought current day Logan into the body of this young Logan, carrying on the story of he is having to go back through all the incarnations of his life in order to find Omega Red to stop Omega Red from snuffing out Charles Xavier at some point in life so that Charles Xavier is never born and thus Krakoa is never there and thus Omega Red is never hurt. I think I might have actually spoiled the end of this book, but either way. <laughs> um, so Logan runs out into the into the freezing cold. A Jean Grey says, you got to go X miles up here to find him. They got to hurry. You're going to die, though, because it's real super cold. Yeah. <laughs> then we cut to, quote, many years ago in Japan, <laughs> because... Logan's light timeline is too complicated to actually give many years. So we're just going to yeah, say we're not going to like give a date like why, many why years ago. So we find ourselves at the night of conception of Dakin. Speaking of one Dakin and uh, he, he's with Itsu and uh, Jean Grey is like, listen, we got to hurry. He's like, just give me fucking five minutes here, man. Like get out of here. <laughs> and as he's like curled up with, with his lady love, we discovered that uh, Omega Red has now possessed her as well. Then we cut to many years ago in Colombia. <laughs> and so um, in Colombia, now we have the Weapon X team or Team X or whatever the fuck they were called when it was um, Maverick, Sabretooth, and Wolverine going around just um, doing government yeah, killing. Weapon X, yeah. Yeah, one of, one of the incarnations of that. And so it's in this time that he breaks away from the team because uh, Jean Grey's like, Charles Xavier's over there. He's given a speech. You got to protect them. You only have X- so so much time. I keep saying X because of the math thing. <laughs> like, but you only have so the much entire book. <laughs> I, I, but see, on these occasions, I just mean I don't remember how many minutes she says. Yeah. <laughs> but you only have so much time. Oh, here, you have six hours. And then Logan's like, oh, six hours is plenty of time. I'm going to go stop them because I remember this. This is when we massacred a bunch of villages, villagers. Oopsie. And uh, I, I don't want to be a part of that. And she's like, you can't change anything. He's like, she's like, if you change anything, there's going to be 
consequences. I think there already has been. He's changed and, a lot. <laughs> and the best line of this entire book, she says, I don't know how many times or ways I need to say this, but there are consequences to everything you do here. And Wolverine says, yeah, and I've been living with one of them. And he heads out to stop this. Like, yeah, dude, you can't keep, you can't send somebody who is filled with regret yeah. back to his past and say, don't change anything. Bitch, I want to. Which gets to a concern I have in the next issue. For real. And yeah. so then we cut to, quote, the recent past. When uh, Omega Red is on a trial run with the current version of X-Force. So it's Domino, uh, Logan, because I don't know who Wolverine is anymore. I think Wolverine is only Laura right now. So we're Logan. Depends on marketing. And and, uh, Domino and um, Omega Red, and they're in Moscow. And they're trying to find Rasputin. And Rasputin is waiting for them. And he, he pulls... And I like that he keeps calling him Arkady. He keeps calling him by his Russian name instead of Omega Red to really try to manipulate him. Oh, yeah. And he, tell, and he says, listen to me, Arkady. I am your brother. This is your homeland. You're going to see that someday because unlike the X-Men, we don't want to use you despite the fact that he's clearly using him right now. Like, literally um, what you're doing, yeah. Literally what he's doing. But he shows them, he shows Arkady, he shows Omega Red that um, the mutants killed you or the X-Men killed you and they put this tracking device inside of your body so that they can see everything you're doing. And that naturally pisses off Omega Red. And thus, I think you can figure out how we've ended up in this situation now. Yeah. And so back to 1900 Canada, we have, I'm guessing, the great, great, great grandfather of Charles Xavier. Oh, yeah, I didn't try. I'm not going to try to figure yeah. out the math here. So uh, one of Xavier's ancestors is, is doing an Arctic exploration when Omega Red possesses his, his crew and they form a mutiny on him. Then we cut back to Columbia. I'm skipping the data pages mainly because they're basically saying like um, shit's going bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wolverine's gone a little off script here. Um, uh, Rasputin has the Cerebro sword. Uh, the Cerebro Sword is the way that Omega Red is able to pass through the, the memories of all these other mutants. Which, how come and, they don't just send like a big team of mutants to fucking get it back or destroy it? I, I'm guessing because, you know, because if you invade, much like if we tried to invade Russia right now, you know, they have nuclear weapons. But also, um, like, I feel like this is literally fucking with all of history if they kill Xavier. So, like, yeah, just attack. Like, yeah. It's it's getting a, a I'm st- I'm starting to wax and wane a little bit on this story. I'm going to be honest with you. Um yes. And so we cut back to Columbia. Uh Maverick and Sabretooth is like, "Ah, here he is. I don't know where Logan went off." And then Logan just starts shooting the fuck out of all of them. And they're like, "What are you doing, man? I thought we were on a team." And as he's leaving them there to presumably die, Sabretooth ends up having a conversation with Professor X mentally or telepathically. And it, it, it goes like this. It goes, Professor, do you read? The mission has gone to hell and Wolverine has gone AWOL. And this is Sabretooth with his fingers up to his temple. So you know it's a telepathic conversation. Of course, yes. And then it says, this is the professor. Are you requesting extraction? Not requesting nothing. I'm telling you, I'm going to kill Wolverine. 
I think so it's that's a not Jean Grey. That's yeah, I think clearly Sabretooth. What? No, I think, I think it's a misdirect, like him saying professor. Oh. I think that's a misdirect. Okay. I hope so, because like with the other theory I have is like somehow this is going to tie into the Sabretooth book. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know. So then we cut back to Japan. Uh, Wolf, naked Wolverine is fighting the naked mother of his, his soon to be born child, but it's yeah. actually Omega Red. And, he's and like, this is clever. I think this, this is really is, clever. This is pretty clever. And so Wolverine is like, uh, Gene, uh, I don't know how to handle this situation because if I kill her, Dakin's not born. So uh, what do I do here? And uh, that's how issue two ends, basically. With him yes. saying, uh, "I don't, I don't know what to do here." So that brings us straight into issue number three. As I just said, dear listener, you're gonna have to give me two seconds because Comicsology sucks, and I have to scroll all the way back to the front. Well, end. how many X's do you give uh, issue two? So X two, I'm gonna give it four X's, honestly, because like it had like this kind of like up and down, but it ends with like a really good cliffhanger. Yes, uh, I gave it three and a half X's. Okay, fair enough. And so. Uh, X Lives of Wolverine Part 3 opens back up at the cradle, which is now, and it's Jean Grey telepathically working with Wolverine and Professor X here to do this mission in which they're bringing Wolverine back into all these different timelines, and there's even a big splash page to show all the various times he's currently, I think concurrently, trying to be in to stop uh, uh, Omega Red. And it's a, good, so, it's a really nice splash page. Too. It's a really cool splash page. Um, and so, and that's the thing with with the because this is the artist for um, X Force too. Uh, I think it's Joshua Casara or something like that. What is it? Joshua Casara. Yeah, um, I like his art a lot, and the colorist too is is beautiful. In, in um, the right context, I think when they're like on the island on Krakoa, it felt oh, messy. Yeah, but sometimes those the colorist though, whew, the colors yes. are always popping like this snowy like i would love to read a horror comic in the snow with yeah. this art i want to see uh, a 30 days of night with joshua Kassara art yeah um and so base yeah so we're back in canada uh xavier's ancestor is fighting off omega red's possession when logan jumps into action to try to save him when omega reds decides you know what I'm just going to possess this incredibly large sperm whale. Yeah. So again, another Benjamin Percy book that clearly is just all about Moby Dick. Yep. And so he has this white whale attack them. Then we cut back to post-war Japan. Now we're not even saying many years ago. Now we're just post-war Japan. <laughs> um, and Wolverine is still naked, by the way, <laughs> fighting uh, Itsu who is still possessed um and he's basically still screaming gene i need to figure out how to fix this because i can't kill her this is the mother of my child and as he's doing that fucking romulus decides now's my time to strike and uh he stabs her through the chest which should kill her by the way should yeah she's not a mutant so i don't think but maybe i don't know the whole story honestly and so uh, there's that big fight. And so we then cut to a dot data page to show Sage's logbook of time anomalies. So they show the original 
in which we get a backstory of Romulus attacks Wolverine on the same day Dakin is conceived, but Wolverine defeats him and shames him. Romulus orchestrates a larger plan of revenge. The Winter Soldier kills Itsu eventually in an F- effort. News to, to me, but all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, this is like early 2000s stuff that I wasn't reading. In an effort to draw out Wolverine and return him to Madripoor, Romulus tears Dakin from Itsu's womb and raises him as his own. But now we have all these different anomalies happening. And so they run this algorithm. Basically, if X happens, this happens. So basically, all these different things happen, and none of them are good. No. None of them work. We we see a, a more of the plot for uh, Rasputin with Omega Red saying, look, I have this Cerebro sword because Charles Xavier is a big wimp, and he made it into a helmet. So I'm cool, and I turned it into a sword. And so... Yeah. <laughs> And so with this sword, I plugged it into this machine. Don't ask me any other questions. We're going to go through time and the memories of all these different mutants. I'm going to use you to do this, and you're going to kill Xavier and get your revenge. Back in Columbia, Sabretooth is hunting down Wolverine. Uh, Wolverine defeats him with a, a bunch of bees. He drops a, <laughs> a beehive on his face. Back in the Arctic, uh, they're fighting the, the big whale. Um, I love. I do love that. At one point, Logan's like, "Get out of here! You're gonna you're gonna get yourself killed." And he's like, "I don't know who you are, young man, but I came to the north to dare the planet to show me something new, and I do believe I found exactly that." <laughs> and so he's like having this fight with them. Romulus and Wolverine continue their fight. While uh, Omega Red is just over to the side saying, I could just kill her right now myself. I just could make her commit suicide right now. When uh, just quickly he defeats Romulus and like Gene, I guess, gets Omega Red out of Itsu's brain. Yeah, I wasn't super clear with that part. He said how he was going to do it, but then like it then it happened. Yeah, like, yeah, he, he was about to kill. Uh, Omega Red was about to kill Itsu, but I think Jean is able to like telepathically stop that. So if she can just telepathically stop it, why don't she just do that for every scene? But anyway. So we we cut back to Columbia. Jean's like, you got to get here quick. He must be stopped. He's got to be around here somewhere. I don't know where Omega Red is. He's supposed to be here. He's supposed to be here. And then we cut to Wolverine saying, Jeannie, I think I'm surprised my dog didn't wake up when I said that. Jeannie, I think I think I'm the one we should be afraid of. And we cut to a picture of Wolverine is now the one uh possessed by Omega Red. And that Which is how this book ends. Answer a question for me of like, why doesn't he just do it? Like, why doesn't he just go on one of his bodies or whatever? Right? So um, um this one I give three X's, honestly. Yes. Because this is where the gimmick is kind of getting old. It's getting a little sloppy now and a little yeah. like hard to follow. But there are, is this one that there's those pages between Gene and Xavier talking about how the memories are weighing him down. Like yes. the scars, the memories, and like how maybe forgetting is a good thing sometimes. I felt that one. <laughs> but also I'm like, guys, do not wipe his mind again. Could you imagine if that's how this all ends? Oh, God. So it could be. That's a lot. So that's so, where we are. I don't even know. I don't think I'm. I don't think I've read X 
four yet. I think X four and five are out. X lives four and five is out, but I don't know if I've read them. Yeah. All right. Well, next up in our last issue for today is X Depths of Wolverine or Terminator six or seven. The Moira edition. The Moira edition, because she's basically just Sarah Connor in this book. 100%. Yeah. So the story opens up with uh, Moira going to a gas station and robbing it and getting some material and then calling um, Jane Foster back. And she has some more results for her from her uh, scans, her blood work. There is plant life. When did Jane uh, Foster and Moira become best friends? Why is Jane Foster doing any of this for her? (laughs) I do not know. So, yeah, there's um, plant life on her cells. That's uh, interesting. Sure. So someone is uh, doing this to her. Probably, you know, assholes that want to kill her. So then we also have a bunch of guys fishing and pulling on a shark and then jumps out this future wolverine which we gotta let's take a moment since i don't live down there anymore we let's take a moment this is in the gulf of mexico this is our this is this is close to home now this is close to home so we can can get killed by a uh, phalanx wolverine exactly. yeah you know like this is getting a little too close to home i want you to be careful next time you go to the west side of florida oh, yes so then we have him stealing a boat trying to find i almost want to say sarah connor every time i know right want to also, find this Moira. is this is the at least second time in a benjamin percy wolverine book that there's been a scene of wolverine just driving a boat yeah <laughs> that's true one of your favorite panels yes so at this hotel, we, oh, sorry, before that, Moira figures out how they're tracking her. It's his fucking arm. Obviously. Obviously. And then we have a random man looking for her. Oh, of course, it's Mystique. Obviously. And as she threatens the guy to find out what room Moira's in, Moira is just graphically cutting off her arm. I thought, I don't know why I thought it would come off easier than that. I, I, it was pretty, that's, Honestly, this is a pretty badass scene. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I still, I'm not sure where I'm at because I, I have read up to X Deaths 3 at least. I'm not sure how I'm feeling after that one. Yeah. But I do know I've got a whole new like respect for badass Moira. <laughs> well, definitely after she heats up a blade, cuts her arm off or part the phalanx part of it, gets an iron to cauterize the wound. And it's just like, what? Oh, okay, this is a lot. And eventually, Mystique gets the information she wants, of course, after stabbing the guy. And when she gets to the room, she just sees the arm on the bed. And what's under the bed? A fucking bomb. Now, I was a little confused. Did are they, They're saying she died and she has to be resurrected, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Because she survived that. I'm like, what power does she have that we don't know about? No, no, no. Like, yeah, the next scene is basically Destiny, like, feeling that. that Like, uh, like I told her. And she's like, I told her not to go. Now I'm going to have to go down to the five and be like, can you resurrect my wife, please? <laughs> and then we have a scene with Forge and Jean. So, yeah, in this scene, we have Forge, basically, he's. So you remember in the in the last um, issue when like the failings Wolverine just kind of bubbled out of Krakoa? Yeah. Forge is is doing like he's digging into the that hole and it's like he's basically doing some like analysis and he's like this you know how like you can 
look at the rings of a tree to see how old it is. He's like, this shit is old. He's like, <laughs> I, I don't, he's like, this is older than Krakoa itself. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. it was. And then we have that Wolverine they're referencing going to the hotel that was blown up, him walking inside while half his face is burning. Oh, yeah. Then you see Mystique's actual bones, corpse. Yeah. And then he sticks his claws into what is that? I guess it's the phone wire. Yeah, yeah it's the phone wire, and he's getting like information from the internet. And then we see Moira with a sniper rifle watching everything and her talking about how the future is coming faster than she thought. And that's how the book ends. And um, three and a half X's for me. Yeah. I would give this I gave, I think at the time I read it I would give it probably I gave it four I think but I do I do honestly think this could should have and could have been just the Moira book while this is still X lives then you have the Moira book yeah I'm, I'm still interested to see where this is truly going but like I'm getting a little less um a little less optimistic about it than we were in the last time we spoke about these books <laughs> I'm I, I definitely want the, the actual pain to drop. I want to know what the big grand reveal is. Yeah. Cause like the gimmick is now getting a little stale. Like I get now why they want to make it a weekly because it was monthly, people would lose interest. Oh my god, for sure. Yeah. All right, guys. That's all we have for you this week. Uh, next week, I'm sure we're gonna talk about at least talk about X-Men Immortal for sure. We gotta, we gotta maybe even yeah. touch on some X-Men Red. I'll be out by then, I think. Yeah, actually should be. So yeah, uh, until then, Josh, where can they find you? You can go on Twitter. You can find me at xbrarian. It's librarian with an X. What about you, big guy? You can find me at madman3005 on Twitter. And if you are a fan of figure photography, I have a, a page called AW Toy Box on Instagram. Nice. And don't forget, KrakoaRadio.com. You can find all the back issues of this podcast and our Good Morning Gotham podcast. Hell Yeah. All right, guys, until then, we will see you next time.